sprawl out that towel because you're at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu Galetta. And I'm Kyle Robertson. And today we're looking at the money cards from Nemesis. Yes, we are. And this is part three of our multi-part set review. And we're going to talk about next time our final thoughts on this set. But you can also look back to the first couple of parts where we talked about our hidden gems as well. However, without further ado, let's kick off this review. Let's do it, and I'll have you do the honors, Kyle. Let's start off with the most expensive card from this set. All right, and it's not actually that expensive, as you'll see. But number one on our list for Nemesis of money cards is Core Haven. Now, this is a $8 card, and it's a land, as it, as it happens, a legendary land at that. You can tap it to give you one colorless mana, like most lands you would see, but then also you can tap one colorless and one white to tap the land and prevent all combat damage that will be dealt by target attacking creature this turn. So what we have here is, I think in my opinion, almost, probably not quite, but almost a better Maze of Ith because it produces mana, Maze of Ith does not. Sure, the tap ability has to require mana as well and of a certain color too, but still, I'll take a strictly worse Maze of Ith. That's still pretty good. Uh, yes and no. I mean, one of all, first of all, excuse me, being that pretty much white has a lot of effects to prevent damage, and it's on enchantments or creatures. You wouldn't really care about adding that into the deck, but having a land that can do it takes those cards out of the equation. I wouldn't say right. it's the card that makes or breaks a deck. But, no, no. But for where we see in lands, that's the most expensive part of a deck. Mm -hmm. This is useful in it. It makes it so that you can go ahead, you can keep something alive. Like You see this in a lot of decks in Magic, like yeah. um, Yavimaya Hollow. Like, all right, I wouldn't necessarily want a creature all the time to give me regeneration, but having it on a land frees up a card spot, gives exactly. me full versatility. And this is legendary, which holds plays for Captain Sisse decks. Yeah, and especially the Thalia's Lancers, those kind of cards that tutor yep. for legendaries. Very increasingly relevant right now in Magic, especially. And it's only going to keep being more uh, relevant. Right. So I like this. I like this a lot. It's probably not as good as a Maze of Ith, but better than imitations like a Mystifying Maze. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would choose it over that. Again, this is low-costed. I mean, inherently... If you count this land out, it's a three-mana swing for this effect, but it passes the vanilla test. It comes into play untapped. You get it right then and there. I mean, you can't use more than one of these anyways, so the fact that it's legendary only gives you pluses. Yeah, but as I'm sure you probably would say, Stu, given that you play a lot of these lands yourself, let's think about some of the other legendaries in the cycle, like Gaia's Cradle. Well, that, How does this not really this stack, up to, stack up to a no, Gaia's Cradle? <laughs> you're, you're thinking about like uh, Shizu's uh, Death Slaughter's House or Slaughter House? Oh, the, the death, uh, death Storehouse. Yeah, yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. Each, each color inherently has a, a legendary land that's like this that can go ahead and have a tap effect. Can mm. give haste, can give fear. Most of them only are tied to legendary creatures, so this is one that gets around that for that thing. It, True. So I enjoy this for what it does. It is a targeting which sometimes is relevant um yeah. i'm all about targeting effects i have hirobi uh death's whale right. so having additional targeting effects sometimes is relevant from what other people are using so Too bad you can't play this in there <laughs> i would love to honestly it'd yeah. give me great versatility but uh it's decent it's weaker for the cycle that is there yeah. preventing damage isn't necessarily big but it works i'm pretty sure this used to be more money than it is now too so uh, maybe we'll see it might even go up down the line maybe. But uh, moving on to number two, we're going to be going to our second card. It's an artifact called Belb's Portal, and it slots in at $6. 
and it costs five mana. And this artifact reads, as soon as it comes into play, choose a creature type. And for three mana, put a creature from your hand uh, into play that is of the chosen type. Mm. So this is really good for tribal synergies. And I actually picked one of these up a while ago when it was chilling at a buck. Yeah. So people are starting to realize that this works in a variety of things. This is a... The best example is compare this with something like Sneak Attack. Sneak Attack mm -hmm. is a red enchantment, costs four mana, but you pay a red, cheat a creature into play. You can keep doing it continuously. The only downside, creature sacked at the end of the turn. Right. So unless you use stuff to manipulate the end of the turn so it stays in, it dies. Now this one brings one creature in for three mana, but this really is key for decks of heavy mana-costed creature types. You got beasts. You got dragons, you giants, get giants, elementals, angels. So yeah. they really like this because if you have eight mana chilling, you can bring any big fatty into play for that. Yeah, I pretty much agree with almost all of that. I mean, the reason this card spiked in the first place in price was because of the recent Commander release. I think it was last year, right, last year, where they focused specifically on tribal types. Then you saw cards like Urza's Incubator, for example, that Skyrocket. were already sort of pricey, but they just went through the roof. And this is another one of those cards. Obviously, it's not quite as good as that. But still, it can be pretty useful. I wouldn't necessarily play this in every tribal deck because... Dinosaurs. That's, that's true. That's, that's a that's big true one. Too. That's a good point. Yeah. But sometimes the cost is just too high. Like, I wouldn't play this in, like, a merfolk deck because what's your biggest no, thing? No. Like, a four and drop? I agree. I agree. You would rather a sneak attack in that, but it's also red. Oh, right. So things that aren't red or have access to it, like, blue tribal beyond merfolks, you have krakens, yeah, like leviathans, Yeah, that would be a pretty good one for that. It would work. So this is something to help those sluggish, big old decks that like to just brood around and oppose you like just right. scarily <laughs> lean over you and just tower yeah and it can play played in any deck it's an artifact so and yeah it, it works it's useful for wide, wide variety of things really it definitely works i enjoyed using it the only thing is sometimes it feels bad you'll pay five the same thing you would get from a marari's wake you pay five it comes out someone targets it you didn't even get the effect off. Yeah, and especially to use the ability the first time if you want to do that. It's like eight mana to play a creature. Is that really a good deal? It's a I little steep. Well, if you cheat in something that costs nine, sure. But again, you chances and timing and yada, yeah. yada, yada. If you're doing Beast, Crater Hoof Behemoth coming in for three, mm -hmm. feels good. So, either way, yeah. uh, we'll move on to our third card. Kyle, take it away. All right, well, there's actually quite a few cards that resemble this that we'll be talking about. All of them good sort of in different ways, but number three is Mog Catcher. This is another $6 card, and it's a red mercenary creature that costs two colorless and two red to play. It's a 2-2 two -two as well. You can tap three mana and tap it to search your deck for a goblin card and put that card into play. Then shuffle your library. So, again, we see this mercenary cycle of creatures in one in each color and rare in Nemesis. There's this one for goblins. There's other ones that we'll get to down the line eventually. Green. Right. Uh, you know, pretty much all the colors have one. But this one is the most valuable, I would argue at least, because goblins are probably the best supported tribe in Magic. So, one of them. One of the five. There's, there's, there's the five I main think pillars. I honestly think goblins are the best, really. Uh, and you're the mer merfolk player. You're saying uh, yeah, goblins? I mean, merfolk is up there. Zombies are definitely up there. Elves are definitely up there. White humans? And then, or angels? Yeah, 
maybe, maybe they're up there. But my point is, goblins are the best. They are the most aggressive. However, they are also the one that has the most trouble tutoring out the cards that they need. Which is why Mogcatcher, even though it's not a goblin itself, disappointing, but a little. whatever, it makes it such a good addition. You can tutor anything into play at instant speed. Once again, kind of going back to where we talked about these things before, changeling cards, tribal cards, there are yep. even goblin tribal enchantments that this could work with. I know with. those. So In there you go, yeah. So or, or, Actually, they also don't have the subtype, well, no, no but, lands, but, but they like, focus on yeah, it, my bad. It, so, just the, the range of options you get with a card like this, especially when it's worded in the old way and it doesn't say goblin creature. Yeah, it's like the new great. stuff does. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'll note for this is most goblins are pretty cheap. They're already usually around three mana or less. So the only time you'd really use this is if you're like really, well, right, you'd use it for many reasons, but it just feels bad paying more mana for a card that costs less. If you need a goblin recruiter, you don't mind paying the extra mana on it. Exactly. Sure. But I mean, there's not many big fat goblins out there. Like there are some like Siege Gang Commander and stuff right. like that, which costs uh, five. Five, yeah. So being able to cheat that out feels great. So it has its plays. The tutoring is the biggest part because red desperately needs mm. tutoring. And I mean, you probably count them all on what, two hands, all of red's yeah. tutor abilities. Yeah, definitely. So this is something that's definitely a staple for what red does and needs. Yeah, I don't have too much else to say about this other than if you're playing Goblin Tribal, this is a automatic slam dunk, no questions asked. Yeah, and, and if it isn't, then uh, you might want to consider it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, but moving on to number four, this is a card I have seen actually played in Magic. Ugh. It is called, yeah, it has that groan associated with it. It's called Tangle Wire. It has a $5 price tag, and it costs three mana, and it reads... Fading 4, which I'll get it to in a second, but also has at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player taps an untapped artifact, creature, or land he or she controls for each fade counter on Tanglewire. Lastly, the way the fading works is this artifact comes into play with four fade counters on it. At the beginning of each upkeep, your upkeep that is, remove a fade counter from it, and if you can't, sacrifice it. So this is a really good oppressive artifact that is Decently low cost, it can last itself out, even if you look at it, what, one mana per fade counter, it still gets the bang for its buck right there. And it slows down your opponents really, really well. Yeah, this reminds me of Ensnaring Bridge, and I hate Ensnaring Whoa, Bridge. Whoa, no, no, Winter like Orb, it. 100%. Ugh, well, that too, but I'd, I've played against this card before, and... I don't think it's for everybody because when my experience, when it got played, it just kind of, it slowed things down a little bit, but for the most part, it was just kind of like this isn't really doing anything. However, this was very, very big back in the day because it huge. made its mark on the tournament scene in a huge way. 100%. And I actually didn't really think about it too much at first, but all players get to use this. It's not just its controller. Yep. So that's actually very interesting in a multiplayer game you could potentially make things pretty difficult for all other people. It's it's kind of cool for that, I it suppose. It can be good, can be bad, but it, for us in Commander, it can last longer, proliferate. Um, Throw yeah, it in Atraxa or any other deck that loves those. We always say that, but yeah. Yeah, we got to find a different example than Atraxa <laughs> at some point. Uh, contamination Engine, sure. So it can stay out longer than it would normally, so you can keep this thing out, keep it oppressive, keep it annoying. And even if it does fade in four turns, you probably get the value out of it you needed at that point. Yeah, so. plus, like I said before, I could see a situation going around the table where pretty much three out of four players use this to gradually tap down everything that last player in the go-around has and then keep hitting them with everything. So 
I mean, that, that's a possible you, application Yeah, you for can this. totally uh, just bully a player if you really yeah, want to. I, I don't know how effective that is long-term, though. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's going to go away eventually. Oh, no, it will scar so. them. They'll remember this forever and eons to come, and they'll always <laughs> take it against you for games and games to come. Perhaps. We're not talking from experience. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to go on to number five and uh, <laughs> go into another fading card. Yes, indeed. And this one is far more interesting, in my opinion. Uh, for $5 at number five on our list, conveniently is an enchantment called Parallax Wave. Now, this is a white enchantment that has fading five and costs four mana, two colorless and two white. Now, you remove a fade counter from Parallax Wave, actually it takes counter off itself, interesting. Remove target creature from the game, exile it. When Parallax Wave leaves play, each creature returns to play all, each player rather, returns to play all cards he or she owns removed from the game with Parallax Wave. Now, you, again, like Tangle Wire, you may kind of look at this and think, well, even if you're actually removing the fade counters from it yourself, how really effective is that going to be? Oh. Because it's going to be over so quickly. But this is actually a very deceptively powerful card that I have played with on a number of occasions. When did you play it? Oh, I haven't played it myself, but pretty much everybody who plays you played a it. Blink deck, like mostly Brago, because Brago can Blink things that aren't creatures. I agree with this that. This is a key ingredient in this deck because you can do so many different things with it. You can save creatures you own from targeted removal and board wipes or I don't know, maybe ones other people owns. I don't know why you would do that, but whatever. But you can also automatically exile five creatures from an opposing board, which leaves somebody open to an alpha strike. And then, like, if you have a Brago out, you just blink this and you're back to five fade counters again. I mean, how great is that? No, I, I'm 100% on board. Brago is exactly where I thought yeah. this being. And the fact that it can remove counters on its own accord... Huge. I, I think this one actually should be worth more money than Tangle Oh, Wire. absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, Tangle Wire is more versatile. Uh, this is a $5 card. It's definitely worth its its dollar price tag. Uh, oh, yeah. Probably under-costed for what it does. Again, I'd say it's niche for the fact that it is solely best in Brago. As yeah, right I really now. wouldn't play this anywhere else. But Well, you could. It's the same kind of thing where... Um, What's the Angel? Angel Serenity? Angel Serenity. Well, yeah, but in, if if it wasn't that kind of deck, I would just play Angel Serenity because it's better. But lower costed. Perhaps, but again, Angel Serenity is not going to go away as easily. Well, but right, but sometimes you want it to. And this would be a great example of having that accessibility. I, I like it more than Angel Serenity. You don't see this card as often. It's an enchantment. It'll stay around. And if somebody's going to target it, you can inherently respond by the target exactly this is something yeah. that's going to be able to make it so you are more in control of it than a creature like angel serenity or a banishing light or something like right. that. right so i love this card i wish i had a copy and i don't wish yeah. it. it's a horrible wish i could wish for world <laughs> peace or something else but it's, it's a decent card i wouldn't mind owning one yeah it's really interesting is this stronger than like banishing light or oblivion ring i don't know because they can hit things that aren't creatures bigger reach but on the other hand this is much, you, you could use this at instant speed. It's, you, it makes for much better combos. So I don't know. I kind of like this better in a lot of ways. I really do. It's, the versatility's there. Plus, it's basically five Oblivion Rings for four mana. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and if it's all about <laughs> ETBs, you got them. Right, so. exactly. This is a great card. Yeah. I love it. Could go in your Enchantress deck. Yeah, totally could. Um, so now on to number six. Kyle, this one's mine, right? 
Uh, yes, yes it is. Alright, so number six, we're talking about a card that costs $4 now. It is called Sea Hunter. It costs four mana as well. Double generic and double blue for a mercenary... I'll say that word again. A mercenary <laughs> on a 2-2 body. And it, for three mana, you can tap it, search your library for a merfolk call, card, put it into play, and then shuffle your library. Very similar to what we saw with Mod Catcher. I mean, there's not too much more we can say except this is the blue variant. Merfolks can cost, I say, typically more than we see with Goblins. So this one, you yeah. can get your bang for your buck on this card, which is better. Um... You don't really see hard blue tutoring that often, well, but for creatures in especially. Tribe, you do sometimes, especially with Merfolk, they do have other options, so I would honestly say, I would probably play this anyway in a Merfolk deck, just because it's another option, but yeah. I don't think it's as necessary as Mog Catcher is. Depends on your build, can speed you up, can slow you down. Depends on your strategy. If you're going for a Tauren deck who doesn't need creatures, who just happens to be Merfolk, you wouldn't use this. Thought Adelph using a Merfolk engine could work in there. It all right. depends on your style. This is a good card to take note of just for your potential plays. We said Changelings before. I mean, yep, we're not going to get into that here. again. Um, and Merfolk is a tribe that generally focuses on swarming like goblins do. So... There's the advantage again right there. And also in blue, you have the possibility of multiple tap and untap shenanigans to use this a couple of times a turn, which if you're fetching a Master of Waves out of the deck, for example, might actually be really good. And one of the good things is, is that since it is instant speed, we didn't mention this before, but you can get around summoning sickness and as someone's turn, you go ahead, you bring something in or if something right. has a good dice trigger, so board wipes going off, bring something in, you get the ETB, goes to the grave, you get the other effect off of it or you just get the die effect, one or the other. So it's, yeah. again, has the same kind of plays that we said before. Not too much else to say about this card, so... Yeah, let's go on to something more fun. Ooh, I love this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Number seven on our list for the price of $3 is a red card called Stronghold Gambit. Now, this is a two-mana sorcery, one colorless and one red. Now, bear with me here. Each player chooses a card in their hand, then each player reveals the chosen card, the owner of the creature card revealed in this way with the lowest converted mana cost puts that card into play. If two or more creature cards are tied for the lowest cost, those cards are both put into play. This, it's a, I it's, laughed so hard yeah. when I saw this. I was like, wait a minute, what? This is show and tell for red, but not only can there be only one winner, but it's incentivizing you to play a bad card. Well, a <laughs> tiny card. And that's what made it goofy for me, because if you have a one-drop, play the one-drop, not pay two <laughs> mana for it. So I'm not entirely sure what this card goes no, into. No, it's just, a, it's, just a total, it's just a total head games thing. Like, you would want to be like, oh, well, if I'm the only person who reveals a creature, I want to play like an eight drop thing off this. But then again, you probably won't win with that. It's a big chance. So it, well, Yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing. It depends on really what's happening because you want to be the biggest creature, but you also don't at the same exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. So you have to be niche. you got to figure out, like, if you're using discard in red, right? Yeah. Sure, you'll have the hand and you'll probably win. It doesn't matter what kind of creature that's there. And that's a workaround for this card. This is, so this is a card right. I don't think that just flat out stands alone as its best. But I will say that one of the best things that is about it is the same thing we see with Gitaxian Probe. Mm. People will reveal a card. 
some players will be greedy and some players will only have one creature. I'm not sure, it didn't say may, correct? You have no, to. No, you have to, yeah. So inherently, you're gonna get a little bit of information from your player's hands. True. You will give something else up, but you can throw something out there that's not threatening, making it so that people will assess other players differently. It's right. a mind games card. It's, a, it's all about the psychology of magic, and that's what I like about it. But just saying that, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little off tempo. I don't know where I would play this, but it's just so great to know that this exists. I, I love it. I mean, it would also be kind of funny if you're using a spell slinger, right? This is low cost at a two drop. Yeah. Like whatever. Like uh, if you're using a spell slinger, you're usually using something that's like a, like a gutter snipe. It only costs two mana, anyways. Right. So like this could be something you get that creature into play for free, but you also can get a storm count off of it right. or something else. In again, that case, you're probably going to win. Yeah, so, yeah, you should be winning at that point. But also, again, I, 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 this is a lot more head scratcher. Yeah, well, really this is. Lot, this is a lot more fair than show and tell. But I don't love the chance element, and I don't really see where this fits into a given deck. I mean, if you did Isochron Scepters, and I know I say this all the time, it's just hilarious at one point because it's just okay. who has the most creatures in their right. end. So it's. It's interesting. This one really just baffles me and makes me scratch my head, but I really like it for no apparent reason. Yeah. No, if, again, if you're doing discard, making them have no hand and you have one, yeah. that's where this shines. And again, it would be discard fodder yeah. if it isn't good at that and point. I, so. and I guess it's $3 because it's a sort of sneak attack, maybe? I, we're definitely missing why I this is know. good, and if somebody please knows... Like, let us know. Like, that was the same thing with Helm of Awakening. We missed that one. And yeah. one of our watchers told us, like, you kidding me? Use it with Divining Top and Future right. Sight. Exactly. You draw your whole deck. Like, did yeah. not even see that. And that's 100% correct. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, all right. Well, enough of that. Let's go on to another one. Uh, number eight. I'll take this one as well. All right. Sky Shroud Poacher. It's a three drop. Uh, it costs $3. It's a four drop creature. A rebel with a 2-2 body. And it's got the same effect that we've seen before. But this one for three mana, you tap it. You tutor for elves. So like we said before mm. with all the other ones, elves can be a lot more higher costed. This one I think is more valuable. Except green does have creature tutoring a little bit more accessibly than others, but this is directly into play. Yes, and elves also, they don't attack much, but they do sort of snowball out of control with mana yep. really quickly. And so ETBs. I could see there being an argument for this being the best of the tutor creatures. Oh, I, I think it is, actually. One, for artwork, and two, for... Elves just being the superior tribe. So, uh, <laughs> just sliding that one in there. But it is a very green-focused one, where the other ones, yeah. I'd say, would break the color pie. But, uh, I mean, I don't have anything else more to say about more this More or less, card. yeah. And, well, in green, you also get some uh, re relatively limited ability to tap and untap it with things like Seeker of Skybreak and Quirion Ranger and stuff like that, which are actually True. elves, so True. you can kind of combo them. You can them. Uh, but, get better synergies than probably the other yeah. ones. Didn't so. think of that. So that's possible, but yeah, it's it's just another one of those cards that if you're playing tribal, you should probably play it. Yeah. Yeah. Only in rare cases you wouldn't. Right. Um, so let's stick with green, but go on to another card here. So number nine on our list, and this actually has dropped in price quite a bit recently, down to $2 right now. Yeah, this used to is, be a lot more. Yeah, Sky Shroud Claim. Now this is a four mana sorcery, three colorless and one green. Search your library for up to two forest cards and put them into play. Then shuffle your library. Very simple card. 
obviously a ramp spell. There are plenty of those in Magic. So what makes this one stand out? Ooh, I know. Well, there's two things. Well, go ahead. What do you think? Well, it's two lands into play untapped. That'd right, be part untapped. One. That's number one. So this is basically a two-mana spell, if you think about it. Uh, well, post, sure. But I'll let you say the second reason. Mm -hmm. I know why, but you take it, Cal. Yeah, well, the, the, the more obvious reason, I think, is that because it's forest cards, just like a Wood Elves might, it doesn't say basic forest or even basic land. It just says forest. So you could get a Dryad Arbor with this. You could get a Shock Land that shares a forest type or with a this. Or any one of the dual lands that actually have OG basic duels. types. Or there's a handful of special lands out there that still have basic types. It's just... The discard yeah, ones now that just great. recently came out too. Right, exactly. It's so it has its so place. great. This is one of the best ramp spells ever printed, in my opinion. You keep so, you use that term very loosely. I do not. You do. There's it really so is. So many good ones out so, there. So, like I said, this is basically getting two untapped lands for two mana. It can it's fix great. your mana for four color decks that use green. This can inherently give you all colors at one spot if you get the duels or something along those lines for that. The shocks, whatever. And this used to be, I think this used to be like uh, really up there it until it got reprinted in Battle Bond. Yeah, well, I think it got reprinted twice. So it, it's been, I think it was in the Commander set, and then, I don't know. I don't I think, no, I think smoke. it was just Battle Bond, yeah. But it took a dive, but it really is good. But also we had more other cards come out, like Explosive Vegetation, mm. and uh, what's Yeah, the but this is the way better version of Explosive Vegetation. But look at Harrow. Yeah, Harrow is pretty good too, but... Yeah, you get the same kind of effect, but lower costed. Yeah. Again, they all have their plays, Green loves its ramp. Sometimes it's better in some places than others for what it does. Yeah, so... Pretty straightforward card, but a good one that you should definitely pick up while the price is still low, yeah. if indeed it stays that way. And old copies, so they're going to yeah. go up in time. Uh, but lastly, going to number 10, going to another land, and I love this land. It is called Terren <laughs> Terrain Generator. Man, I got to learn how to talk. It costs $2, and pretty much what it does is it can either come into play regularly and tap for colorless, or for two mana and tapping it, you can put a basic land from your hand into play tapped. Mm. So this is ramp in a land. It's slow. It's methodical. It has to involve basics. But if you have floating mana chilling around in the, open, in the early game, it can make it so you can progress faster than other players. White mm. is the key key person or person color is mm -hmm. the key color that always tutors lands to the hand right and it's always a plane they, they always have the ability those, those kind of land things. tax yeah. you also have and the other uh, uh, core cartographer is right. one of the ones that goes to the field but right. everything right. else it, pretty much pilgrim's goes. eye that's an artifact but it puts lands in the hand yeah knight of the white orchid the list goes on and right. on for these uh these creatures so legit having a way to make it so that you can excel it into play is really good for the mm -hmm. fact that it only costs two mana and if you have floating mana, leave it up, look scary. Like if you have a sword to plowshares, you have a path to exile, you're gonna leave mana open anyways. But if you don't need it, utilize it at the end of the turns. Yeah, this is one of those cards that I would say only goes in a monocolor deck, preferably one that's not green because the other colors don't have access to easy ramp and you're gonna have more basics in a monocolor deck. Yep. So. I, I hate the fact that this can't put any land into play from your hand. It has I, I don't, to be I feel basics. like that wouldn't have been. I feel like that wouldn't have been all that bad. Well, what but, is it? Uh, you can do that with cards like Walking Atlas, or is that right. basic as well? Yeah. Well, no, that's no. That you can do that easily. Yeah. But again, that's a creature. Would you want a creature which is going to be a little timey wimey with that? It's probably going to be Chump Walker, bad in the late game to mid. 
I'd rather it on a land. Might yeah. not be as versatile for what it does, but it can speed you up. And right. it also gives you an additional landfall, which is very key for some decks as yes. well. Yes, and it passes the vanilla test, like we always say. Comes into play untapped, gives you mana right off. Sounds good to me, yeah. honestly. I don't think it's for every deck, but I would play this card. I have multiple copies, and I use them. Yep, and uh, this one also got knocked down a little bit. It has been reprinted a couple times, mm. but when it came out, it had a decent price for a long time. It did, yeah. It's, also, it's very cool. You know what I realized? This looks very much like the new Cabal card that we saw from Dominaria. It looks like it just removed the tower. It looks exactly like the same well, card. Well, I think there's a good point for that, because that is the Stronghold, I believe. So, yeah. A generator is? Well, yeah, it's it's just, it's you know, it's all kind of coming from the stronghold, I think is the point. Yeah, I think it is the stronghold in this art. I'm just not sure. Well, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit there. <laughs> but all right, I was just doing off of artistic style. Um, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. You gotta, yeah. just, I don't know where to take this anymore. Your, your, your turn, Kyle. Well, yeah, I think that's about all for uh, this Yeah, all right, we're at the end. Yeah. My bad. All right, so that is the last card we're at today for our money cards. Um, and if you use these cards enjoy them or have any special place where they stand please let us know if you know where that red sorcery takes hold because uh <laughs> i would love to know the answer to that well i would too and of course you can let us know either in the comments down below or you can reach out to us on social media at our reddit twitter or facebook pages and you can find us under the handle mtg the card pool and of course stay tuned for next time around when we'll wrap things up and take our final look at nemesis as a whole Yep, dive into our ranks and all the mechanics and fun stuff that are in it. But until that moment, I'm Stu Galetta. And I'm Kyle Robertson. And we'll, we'll see, see you next time at the, the card pool. pool.